New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Father of Soul, Soul Brother number one of the big one, two, five. And I can't think of any song that'd be more appropriate in this instance than the uh, war on cops that has taken place in the streets of New York City. When you think about it, since the beginning of the year when Eric Adams was sworn in as the new mayor to replace that hopelessly inept, ineffective, disconnected uh, Bill uh, de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who unfortunately has returned to his lair on 11th Street and 7th Avenue in Park Slope. We have seen an incredible surge in violence against police and violence against New Yorkers. Crime is actually up. So um, I realize the mayor has been at all the vigils. The mayor has been uh, at Harlem Hospital yesterday when, unfortunately, one police officer uh, died in the line of duty. Another is clinging on to life. And, yeah, the thug who is responsible for this is in critical condition. You would think, die, die, thug, die. Why do we need to be spending money to keep you alive, to give you three hots and a cot, free optical, free dental, free trips to the legal law library so you can figure out with your attorneys that we're paying taxes for through legal aid to find the nuance in the law that will allow you to escape prosecution. And especially since you happen to be on 135th Street in the apartment of your mother and decided to shoot those cops, you don't have to worry because you have uh, DA Alvin Bragg, newly elected, who wants to hug the thugs and does not want... To incarcerate. He's against mass incarceration, as he says. And look, he's been true to his word from the day he announced he would run for Manhattan DA. Uh, He had a debate right up here in the studios of WABC, one of the first eight candidates for the Democratic uh, nomination to become the Manhattan DA. And the two women who who actually uh, came behind him in the vote tally, a woman named Weinstein and uh, another woman named uh, Bushi. Uh, combined with Alvin Bragg, they got 76% of Manhattan Democratic votes. And all of them were justice warriors. All of them were into de-incarceration. All of them wanted to hug thugs, and all of them wanted to turn the criminals loose. So remember, in the case of the killing of the police officer, Alvin Bragg is going on record as saying, it doesn't matter what kind of a murder I will only ask for a maximum of 20 years. So let's say he goes through with that uh, promise. 
and it's a 20-year ride if this guy actually survives through modern uh, medical science. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he becomes room temperature. But Tish James, who was there last night as attorney general, state attorney general, issued a, uh, a press uh, inquiry that said, my office may assert jurisdiction in this matter. May. Likelihood is she won't. And then I happened to look at the uh, group of the assembled uh, police and elected officials, and I saw the public advocate, Jumani Williams. What the hell was he doing there? This is a guy who's not only advocated defunding the police by a billion dollars, he wants more of the budget defunded. He believes, like AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that it should be defunded by the tune of $3 billion. And then you saw the lieutenant governor of uh, Kathy Hokum, and it is Hokum because she's f- totally full of nonsense. Richardson, he's into defunding the police. And they have the chutzpah to show up there at Harlem Hospital as if all of a sudden everything is forgiven and forgotten. Pat Lynch, to his credit, reminded everybody that the PBA and cops in general have been warning warning the city, warning the elected officials that this is only going to get worse and it's fallen on deaf ears. And everybody up there, including Eric Adams, had to take note of that. Because we're, we're actually in retreat. It's worse in the first three weeks of the Eric Adams administration when it comes to crime than it was at any point, almost any point in the Bill de Blasio administration. You cannot give these people a pass. You cannot. And then for them to have the chutzpah, the culions, the huevos, to show up at a press conference and act as if they're concerned about the police. They're even talking about cutting the police budget by another 3% across the board. Think of this, ladies and gentlemen. We're being played. We're being played here as if we're suckers. The cops are being played as if they're suckers. The elected officials, they go back and forth. It's like a seesaw. One minute, it's Black Lives Matter, Antifa, defund the police, F the police, all cops are bastards, ACAB. And then all of a sudden, they show up when a cop is killed in the line of duty, and they act as if they're remorseful. They're in solidarity with the cops. Bull feathers, bull feathers. What the hell was the lieutenant governor doing there? What the hell was Jumani Williams doing there, the number one cop hater in New York City? Without, without question. And where are the solutions? 1-800-848-9222. Let's just uh, go over the facts. A mother residing at 135th Street had a son who was disabled. Apparently, back in November, she had asked her older son, McNeil, age 47, to return to her home to help her with with his younger brother, who needed help walking, who needed help uh, being directed uh, in the right, uh, right areas. So he agreed to come back from Maryland. Meantime, she stipulated to him, no guns, no guns, no guns. Well, we know he brought a gun. We know we brought a Glock 45 high-capacity magazine that holds up to 40 additional rounds that have been stolen in a robbery in 2017 in Baltimore and obviously resurfaced in this particular crime. And it's incredible. It was the third police officer 
who took this guy out, shot him in the head, shot him in the arm. Down he went. Unfortunately, he remains alive. And apparently when the cops had arrived, they, their guard wasn't necessarily up. The mother with her disabled son had said she just had an argument with her older son, McNeil, and that he was back uh, in the bedroom. Apparently, at that point, he had barricaded himself in. Uh, Jason uh, Rivera, uh, age 22, and Wilbert Mora, two police officers, went in the back. He cracked the door, and this enemy of society, McNeil, just unloaded on these two police officers, killing Jason Rivera, who was from the Inwood section of Manhattan, and seriously wounding Wilbert Mora, who is clinging on to life as we speak at Harlem Hospital. And you say to yourself, another crime, another crime against the police. In just hours before that, police officer uh, in Staten Island with his unit was serving a warrant on a drug bust. And as they were getting into the apartment, shots were being fired in all different directions. If the cop had not had a shield, many of them may have been taken out. Uh, He was shot in the leg, 10-year veteran. Further up in the Bronx, in the Belmont section, the Bronx is on fire with all the crime taking place. As you know, the mayor and everyone was up at a, um, another, uh, another uh, gathering over the uh, shooting of the uh, 11-month-year-old child up in the Fordham section. Uh, that baby was uh, in a car with a mother. Guys were capping shots at one another, running up and down. And one of those bullets hit that young child who would have had a birthday yesterday. Uh, all the elected officials and the police had to run from that location in Fordham to uh, Harlem Hospital, where the police officer was being taken to, who unfortunately expired, and the other cop who was clinging to his life. So the question is here, what needs to be done, ladies and gentlemen? All I hear is, oh... You know, we're going to go to another vigil. We're going to go to another press conference. I don't hear anything from the mayor in terms of what the hell he's going to do. I mean, he's got to look at himself in the in the mirror. Here it is. He was elected. He had been a cop for 22 years. He kept reminding us he wore a bulletproof vest and carried a gun for 22 years. He was a transit cop for 10 of those years. Uh, NYPD, the uh, additional 12, wore a white shoot, uh, shoot, uh, shirt for a while before he retired and went on into elective office as a state senator in Brooklyn and then eventually the Brooklyn Borough president and one to become mayor of the city of New York. He said he had a plan to roll out. Haven't seen any plans. If anything, crime just keeps accelerating. We saw the Asian woman, 40-year-old woman, pushed in front of the tracks last Saturday, a few hours uh, after where we are now. And then the very next day, the mayor happened to say, uh, very callously and indifferently, oh, there's just a perception of crime by the strap hangers in the subway system. In reality, look at the statistics. Crime is down. Uh, He was indifferent. He was insensitive. He showed no empathy. He showed no sympathy. And clearly he got blowback from even his most ardent supporters. So two days later, he flipped the script and suddenly he was saying, I'm afraid to go into the subway. Crime is out of control. Well, guy, you can't have it both ways. It's time to man up. It's time to roll out whatever programs you and your staff were working on because there were a lot of promises there. You said you were going to reinstall the anti-crime unit. There are men and women who uh, served, uh, 600 who served in that capacity, and did an excellent job. They were undercover. They got guns off the street. 
In fact, 50% of all gun arrests in the NYPD were made by 600 police officers who were part of anti-crime. A total of 870 gun arrests. 492 were done by anti-crime until they were dissolved. Now, out of those 600 police officers, many of them got reassigned when de Blasio and city council defunded the police by a billion dollars. How's that worked out, defunding the police, huh? Huh, Jumani Williams? Huh, all the other elected officials who were at that press conference last night at Harlem Hospital? You had the chutzpah, you had the weibos to show up even though you wanted to take even more money out of the police budget, jeopardizing more police officers, jeopardizing the life, the safety, and the welfare of other New Yorkers, tourists, visitors, workers. And you show up, and you show those fake alligator tears. Oh, I'm concerned about the police officer who has died, Jason Rivera and Wilbur Mora, who is uh, clinging to life. They need to be called out. That anti-crime unit needs to be reestablished now. Many of the men and women are still serving in the police department in other capacities. Some have taken early retirement. Some have retired and moved to Port St. Lucie in Florida, so they can't be called back. But there are enough to make the basis of an anti-crime unit. They don't need specialized uniforms. They don't need specialized training. They don't need to be reformed. They need to be turned loose into the streets of New York City and to do the job they were trained to do that they were doing effectively before the police department saw the anti-crime unit get Get this banded because they took a billion dollars out of the budget. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then what, what is mind-boggling to me is every time these elected officials get together, they're always blaming the pipeline of the illegal guns coming in into New York City. There's no doubt they continue to flow into New York City. But they're not dealing with the reality that presently, without any additional illegal guns flowing into New York City, there are two million guns in circulation around our five boroughs that are illegal. And most of the people who have those guns in their possession are not thugs, are not thugettes, are not lawbreakers. The reason they have those guns is for self-protection or to keep it on their premises, whether it's their home or whether it's their place of business, because they can no longer depend on the city to provide safety for them, as was true in 20 years when Republican mayors were in charge here in New York City. Michael Mbaricic, Rudy Giuliani for eight, who turned New York City from the crime capital, the murder capital of America, into the safest big city, and then Bloomberg and Ray Kelly, who continued that for 12 years. We know what needs to be done to get control of this uh, out-of-control crime situation that is victimizing police and victimizing citizens. And it ain't showing up at press conferences, and it ain't showing up at vigils. Implement the plan. Anti-crime now. Stop and frisk now. Not in the spring, not in the summer, not in the next budgetary process a year from now. N-O-W before we slide into the abyss. And I don't want to hear any of you. We're going to talk about this later on in the second hour. Oh, New York City, the greatest city in the world. Maquanamai. What city are you talking about? Look at this. The criminals got the cops on the run. The criminals got the citizens on the run. And our elected officials have no solutions. And then they show up. After defunding the police, defunding prisons, and they, they for a photo op. What a double disgrace, Jumani Williams. What a shunda.
and they sit there like all of a sudden they're pro-police. They hate the police. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. One that's done all the things you set out to do. Now, if you'd like to uh, show support for the police, uh, they're having a, uh, a rally on behalf of the police at the 32nd Precinct uh, today at 6.30. I know the hawk is talking. It's cold out there. But show solidarity for these cops who are under siege. Remember, five cops shot uh, in the last three weeks under uh, the new Adams administration. One dead, unfortunately. One clinging to life. Three others who have been shot in the line of duty. And uh, now we find out that this loony Kazuni, LaShawn McNeil, responsible uh, for killing the cop uh, and wounding the other cop, blamed his mother for being blind in one eye and argued with her over wild anti-government conspiracy theories before she called police for help. Sounds like some of our callers. McNeil got deeper into conspiracy theories after moving to New York City in November to help uh, care for his younger brother who was disabled. He even believed he was God and no one could tell him what to do, according to sources familiar with his rantings. His mother, Shirley Suarez, called police for help Friday night saying he's got problems, he's got problems. The mom also said McNeil blamed her for being blind in one eye. And it's unclear as to how he uh, became blind in one eye. And remember, he was summoned up from Maryland where he was living at that time. He had been up on probation and uh, clearly, clearly uh, was a menace to society. His social media accounts feature anti-cop and conspiracy theory posts, including a video called Hands Up from 2014, where two men are shown pointing guns at a police officer. It is a tribute to Eric Garner. A December 2017 post to one of McNeil's Facebook pages shows a video of an unidentified man arguing with a child protective services worker as two cops look on. It's called Man Destroys Cops and Child Protective Service Agent. Uh, (laughs) What a loony kazoony. He says, every parasite needs a host. For example, the white man needs a host. He's melatonin deficient. He can't survive under the sun, so he uses you as a host by stealing our kids and taking their organs. Ah, sounds a little bit like the old, uh, remember Dr. Leonard Jeffries, sun people, ice people at the City of University of New York? One of the most virulent anti-Semites to ever exist in New York City. By the way, who is the uncle of Hakeem Jeffries. The congressman who says, oh, give me a chance. Give me a chance. Nancy, retire. Nancy Pelosi, retire. Because then if the Democrats are in control of the House, I'll be the majority leader. And even if we get swept out, I'll be the minority leader. Come on. Come on, Nancy. Retire, retire, retire. By the way, you're going to be reading of a story about Hakeem Jeffries, who uh, has a condo in uh, 
I believe it's Prospect Heights, right down near the Barclays Center, in which he pays virtually no property taxes. No property tax because he believes in the philosophy of Leona Helmsley, remember? My little pretties, only little people pay taxes. Remember, we're entitled. We're elected officials. We don't got to pay no damn taxes. Hey, Hakeem Jeffries, pay your freaking taxes. Anyway, let's go to the phones. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go if we can. Roger, who's calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Raj. Hello there. Uh, Curtis, uh, the one solution. Uh, let's go to Ramon. You got to be quick. Got to be quick, Raj. You know, I go to you. Yes. How you doing, Curtis? Good, good, Ramon in the Bronx. Good. L- listen, Curtis, I-, I have a question for you, okay? Because I'm tired of uh, you guys just talking in the radio, right? But none of you have the gut to start a petition to recall the DA. How come you guys don't do that? Just talking Ramon, in the radio. To Ramon, Ramon, I... Ramon, hold on a second. Do you have a pen and a pen, Ramon? I do have a pen. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, you go to the Curtis Lewa Facebook page, and you will see the change.org petition that I and Andrew Giuliani put up uh, two weeks ago, to ask that the governor, Kathy Hochul, remove uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg. We have 15,000 signatures. Ramon, we're already on it for two weeks. You're gonna, you, hey, wait, you're going to apologize to me and Andrew Giuliani running for governor of the state of New York? Apologize, Ramon. Why do I have to apologize? Well, because you basically said we were doing Jack Diddley squat except running our mouth a mile a minute, didn't you? Yeah, that's what, that's what you guys do, man. You you people have no gut. Oh, excuse me, Ramon. Do you know how to operate a computer? Y- yes, I do. Okay. Again, you go on to the Curtis Lee of Facebook, and this is true of the rest of you. You'll see the change.org petition. Uh, 15,000 people have already signed it. Uh, begging, beseeching, the weak one, Kathy Hokum. That's Hokum meaning nonsense, not Hokul. To utilize the power that she has as the governor of the state of New York to remove the Manhattan DA, which she has the power to do. You think you could do that, Ramon? I'm going to do it right now because this, this guy has to go. He, good. He's, he's, good, a, good, he's good. a total jerk. Good, good, good. I don't know my. I'd like to pimp slap that guy. Hey, you guys are not doing anything. Do you think I just run my mouth a mile a minute? I've been doing this. February 13th will be 43 years in 13 countries, 130 cities. Uh, Leader organizer of the Guardian Angels. Do you think I just run my mouth like some of my other colleagues in talk radio, talk TV? Who? uh, When's the last time they've been in a subway? When's the last time they've actually walked the streets? (laughs) Anyway, let's go if we can to uh, Sam, who's calling from Woodside. Uh, The hawk is talking out there. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Sabine. Okay, Eric Adams. You know, the uh, the phony mayor. He should copy what the Queen's DA is doing. Get the billion dollars from Shalane and buy the guns off the streets. Ninety percent of the crime in the country, in fact, in the world, is money-related. Okay, even this, uh, this uh, blind uh, mother or the blind mother with one eye, she needed money. And she's putting a lot of pressure on her no, no. son, Sean. No, 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 no. It's the assassin, the executioner, who's blind in one eye. Not the mother. The killer of the cop. 
the guy who almost killed the other cop, LaShawn McNeil. Anyway, and by the way, there's nobody trying to get the money back from Charlene McCray, the wife of Comrade Bill de Blasio, the one and a quarter billion dollars that they stole over five years. It's probably in a Cayman Islands bank account to Panama or Switzerland. No Democrats have subpoenaed records. There are no spreadsheets. There is no answer as to where one and a quarter billion dollars went, supposedly to care for the emotionally disturbed persons. It ain't happening. Although I see that Congressman Nicole Maliotakis is calling for an investigation of Thrive Now. That's good. But I've been doing that for years and got no play. Tish James, all she wants to do is subpoena records from the Trump Corporation, not from Thrive. Uh, the Mamaluka, <laughs> the Mashad, uh, outgoing controller, Scott Stringer, he had subpoena power. He did nothing. Corey Johnson, who was the Speaker of the City Council, he had subpoena power. He did nothing. Uh, internal affair, excuse me, um, I, IOD, DOI, excuse me, Department of Investigation, they have subpoena powers. They did nothing. They all gave Charlene and Bill de Blasio a pass. They are thieves. 1-800-848-9222. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Oh, yeah, so many continue to participate in the exodus. We'll talk about that in the next hour. Fleeing New York City, which is empty. Like a ghost town. Fleeing on tri-state area, Connecticut, New Jersey, and heading down to Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown. Because the quality of life up here sucks. And the crime just keeps escalating. And all we do is we get our elected officials attending vigils for victims and having press conference after press conference in which I simply ask, what the hell are you going to do about it? Don't tell us how you're going to unite us all together. We're going to come back stronger than ever. You know what that is? That's a kyakyaran. That's what my grandfather, Fidel Bianchino, Bades, from Bari, the little town of Andri on the Adriatic Sea, down near the boots, said to me, hey, one yard, kyakyaran. They just love to talk hear themselves talk, and they do absolutely jack daily squat nothing. Crime is higher in the first three weeks of the Eric Adams administration than it has been throughout the Bill de Blasio, feckless, weak, inefficient, and hateful towards cop eight years. I mean, look at that. And what does Eric Adams say? Oh, we got the plans. We're rolling out the plans. My quantum I, but when, Eric? Let's go to Ann in Staten Island. The hawk is talking out there. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Ann. Good afternoon, Curtis. You know, I just retired from a, a law firm that I've worked at for 40 years. But before I retired, I heard that one of our employees was mugged shortly after he left the building. Now, the firm 
promised him to give him protection. They begged him to report the crime. He would not do it. He said, this person knows who I am, knows where I came out of, knows where I was going. And this, to me, is the issue with when somebody says crime is down, they don't know what they're talking about. The crime is down because people are not reporting it. I remember a young girl that was uh, assaulted by somebody in the neighborhood. They let him out. No bail. He was living a block away from her. Do you think that she would ever, ever report another crime? People are terrified to report crimes. That's the only reason crime is down. So I don't know what our AG is talking about or our mayor <laughs> is talking about. They have lost touch with reality. Oh, you see, Anne, it's your perception. It's your perception. That's not real. But you're absolutely correct. In fact, and ever since they passed that uh, no bail, no cash bail law, they actually strengthened uh, the rights uh, that the accused have so that if all of a sudden, let's say, and I did a home invasion of your house, me and my crew, we did a home invasion and we were caught by uh, the police, let's say the 120th precinct out in Staten Island, uh, we're being booked, we're released because nobody gets uh, held over, you know, we're given disappearance tickets within about two weeks. And uh, the prosecutor out in, uh, in Staten Island must turn over to us, the accused, who you are, where you live, and most importantly, entitle me with my court-appointed attorney from Legal Aid to visit your premises while you're there, And Two weeks later, can you imagine what you're thinking to yourself when the very people who did a home invasion of you are schlepping through your house, looking at everything in your house again. Jesus. Yep. Yep. And most people don't know that's a result of that no cash bail law. It strengthens the opportunity of the accused to be within your presence within two weeks with the court-appointed attorney. And you know what happens after that, And You're not going to participate. You're not going to show up in court. You're not going to turn up at a grand jury hearing because you realize these guys, they know who you are. They've now been in your house a second time during daylight hours. And uh, the code of the streets is snitches get stitches and end up in ditches, And Right. You're right. You're absolutely right. No, no police, no police will be assigned to protect you because they're too busy protecting the elected officials. Uh, you have Juwani Williams, right, the public advocate, who had the chutzpah to show up yesterday in Harlem Hospital. This guy hates the police, defunds the police, defunds prisons, lives on Fort Hamilton, the most secure area in the five boroughs of the city of New York, an active garrison on the military base there. And he's supposed to be a man of the peeps where he's forced to show ID each time he goes in there in an SUV that we the suckers paid for and four cops always at the ready to protect his Tokus, and yet he wants to defund the police. Uh, could we use those police uh, to protect those who want to participate in the criminal justice system and give testimony against thugs and thugettes? Of course not. They're too busy protecting all of the elected cop haters. So you learn things here. Anyway, let's go to George in New York. The Hawk is talking. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, George. Hey, George, you busy there, huh? Checking the racing form today. Checking who's running down at uh, Hialeah. 
you know, called her, uh, right, George, you're too busy. You call up, and then all of a sudden you're scratching your belly, you're reaching below your navel, and now we gotta, we got to listen to you ruffling through papers here. Get rid of this guy. He's wasting my time. Let's go to Vic in North Bergen. Uh, the Hawk is talking there in Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Vic. Yeah, very much is uh, uh, hawking over here, uh, Curtis. Curtis, let me ask you a question. Uh, the police uh, seem to be very annoying when they keep saying things like, this were random attacks, random attacks. But if the victim is always white and Asian, the perpetrator is always black, I don't think the police understands the very meaning of the term random which is comes from the, you know, calculus. I mean, random is random. Why do they keep saying it's random attack when we know that it's very predictable? Ah, now would you say that they're premeditated attacks, calculated attacks? I think when they say random attacks, that means it happens on the spur of the moment. Uh, for instance, when we saw the... Um, Emotionally disturbed guy on the platform of the NR and Q train at Times Square last Saturday at 10 in the morning pushed the Asian woman into an oncoming train. Uh, would you call that a premeditated uh, attack or is that simply is that simply a random attack? Well, let me tell you something. You know, if, if um, I, I don't know what goes through the mind of the perpetrator in this case, but. You know, I mean, I, I, I cannot imagine that each – it's almost like each one of the so-called random attacks involves white women, usually women, by the way, and Asian women. And the perpetrator, of course, is always almost 98 percent of the time a black male. So, you know, I mean, you have like, you know, 100 different type of people, and the one that gets pushed on the track is a white woman or an Asian woman. Are you going to tell me that's, that's just a random attack? They're just, you know, out of the blue just – you know, I mean, I mean, the laws of probability are so slim in that regard. Well, I, I tell you what, uh, tell you what, Vic, I don't have the analytics to that. I certainly know of a hell of a lot of black and Hispanic victims, males and females, of these enemies of society. I don't know the percentages. It would be interesting to see. We do know that uh, anti-Asian hate crime has uh, increased to 363%. That's unprecedented, 363%. And yet last Saturday at this time, elected officials led by the mayor and Congresswoman Meng, who is the highest-ranking Asian uh, Chinese-American in Congress, uh, she said it had nothing to do with the fact that the woman, the Asian woman, was Asian. I'm saying, lady, what the hell is wrong with you? You're supposed to be representing Asian people. No wonder why it did so well in the mayoral election. I won the Asian vote against Eric Adams, and typically they're Democrats. But the Democrats are like, they have a deaf ear to the needs of Asians who are getting attacked every which way. It doesn't matter where they are in the city. The attacks have increased 363%. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Uh, Let's go to Kenny in Yonkers. Uh, the Hawk is talking up in uh, Yonkers. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Kenny. Hey, Curtis, you're the greatest man. I wish you were in the, the capacity of Mayor Adams instead, but what can we do? Curtis, you're the only one to call out Jamani Williams and then the state attorney general for them supporting to defund the police. Such a hypocrite for Jamani Williams to be standing in 
in the crowd in the crowd with Adams and the police commissioner. I like the police commissioner. She was really assertive and aggressive, and uh, I wish her the very best. And Curtis, I wish I don't know the exact answer, but all I know is this: let these guys get their so-called due process, find them guilty, put them in the cell, and throw away the key. And that's. I want everybody on the listening audience to hear that. Throw away the key. Yeah, but but that ain't happening. And give you another one. Uh, in addition to Jumani, I hate cops, uh, Williams, uh, and the Attorney General Tish James, who only wants to prosecute Trump. Also standing there next to Mayor Eric Adams uh, yesterday and Patty Lynch of the PBA was the Lieutenant Governor, originally from Harlem, Brian Benjamin who uh, hates the police, uh, defunds the police, and wants to defund prisons. And yet he's nodding his head up and down at that press conference. How do these people look at themselves in the mirror? Why would they show up at a press conference where cops have been shot as a result of their defunding the police? There are not enough cops out there. Uh, We have an anti-crime unit that needs to be put into place immediately. Why is Mayor Eric Adams procrastinating? There are 600 men and women that were removed from that unit when his partner, uh, his comrade in single-handedly destroying this city, Bill de Blasio, who supported Adams as Adams supported him every step of the way in eight years, uh, defunded the police to the tune of a billion dollars. I haven't heard Eric Adams say we're going to put a billion dollars back into the police department. Have you? Instead, he's talking about cutting 3% of their budget. Well, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Really? Five cops shot, one dead in the first three weeks of your administration? We never had that in the eight years of the Bill de Blasio administration. You think you ought to leave the police alone and find ways of pumping money into their budget, not defunding them? I hope this wakes him up, Curtis. I hope he smells the coffee now and says, enough of this crap. I got to do this. And the heck with what some of these AOC and the rest of the hair crowd. Curtis, thank you for taking my call. Oh, don't ever say that. You see, that's the other part two of my re-education camp that I'm going to be setting up for all of the call listeners. Excuse me. Uh, those who listen to WABC Talk Radio. 99% of you will never call a talk radio station, not this one or anyone. And you really should, because then it's left to the solid few to consistently call, and we know who they are, again and again ad nauseum. All of you are capable of calling. Costs you nothing. It's a free call. And yet some of you decide to sit on your toches, grow barnacles on your backside, scratch your belly and say, ah, I'm not going to call. But I'll listen to the same old, same old, right? So don't ever say thank you for taking my call. I'm giving the numbers out every five seconds. 1-800-848-9222. I'm soliciting you. You think I know who the hell you are? You think when all of a sudden you come up in the queue, oh, I purposefully picked you, and that's why you're thanking me? No, I should be thanking all of you for even calling. You see, you've subjugated yourself in such a fashion you, you, you've made yourself basically, oh, thank you, thank you for picking my call. We have no idea who you are. Stop it already. 
I'm going to set up a re-educational camp. Now, it's not like with the Red Chinese and the Uyghurs. You know, those are concentration camps. But maybe we'll do it in the summer. You know, we'll go up to the Catskills, maybe the Irish Alps there or the Jewish Himalayas. You know, we'll take over one of the old uh, old hotels that no longer are uh, being occupied, like the Concord, if it's still standing, or Grossinger's or Brown's. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have a re-education camp. We can do Simon Says in the morning. Simon Says this. We can sing B-I-N-G-O, B-I-N-G-O. Bingo was his name, right? Just like a summer camp. Except they re-educate you. Never thank me for taking your call or anybody else in talk radio. Don't ask me how I'm doing because I'm going to let you know I've had better days. And then don't ever say, oh, first time call a long time listener. I'll strangle you. Uh, let's go to Jack out in Strong Island. Uh, the hawk is talking out there. You t- your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jack. Hey, Curtis, how are you? <laughs> don't ask you. <laughs> Listen, Curtis. What a wise thank you for calling out. I thought you were. Uh, thank you for calling out that phony, Hokel Tokel's lieutenant governor. With the other phonies there and that. And one thing we got to remember, when time comes, let's time to vote that clown out of Albany. And I want to say another thing to you. You are the voice of America. Amen. Wow. The voice of America. Isn't that a government-sponsored agency, you know, that pumps out our propaganda? VOA. It's like Radio Free Europe was. Remember, we would watch those uh, TV commercials hovering somewhere in East Germany, in Poland at that time. There they were listening to Radio Free Europe, hearing about America, hearing about freedom, so that they knew there was another way other than the jackboot of oppression of communism. Remember? Remember? Yeah, we funded all of that, including the VOA. (laughs) Voices of America. Well, I think that's the acronym. 1-800-848-9222. So let's see. We had the cop haters at that press conference last night in uh, Harlem Hospital. Brian Benjamin, the lieutenant governor, hates cops. Defund the police. Defund prison. The worst, Jumani Williams, who lives in the military base, Fort Hamilton, because he's afraid. We provide him with police security for a no-show job, simply so he can raise money to run for higher office, as he's doing now for governor. And he's standing there. A guy wants to defund the police even more. And, uh, hey, by the way, where was Alvin Bragg? When we heard his narrative, remember the Manhattan DA when he was running for office after he was elected for office, he would tell us over and over ad nauseum that he was born and raised in Harlem. He has his family in Harlem now. All of that is true. And he would tell us how on three separate occasions thugs had taken either a gun or a knife to him while attempting to rob him and hurt him. And yet on another three occasions, it was police officers who took their guns out and pointed it at his head. Remember, we've heard the narratives. He lives in Harlem. I mean, why didn't he join his friends? Brian Benjamin, the lieutenant governor, who wants to defund the police even more. Uh, Jumani Williams, who wants to defund the police. And uh, Alvin Bragg, who believes in restorative justice, which means no penalties, no mass incarceration. Let's hug those thugs. Let's turn them loose. Let's go to Cannon, New Jersey, where the hawk is talking. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Kenny. Hi. 
I uh, think in, in regards to uh, the police that uh, the cops should no longer be required to answer any domestic dispute calls. And all those calls should be referred to the Department of Social Services and let them handle it. Ken, Ken, it'd be total chaos and anarchy. That's what I think. No more domestic dispute calls for the police where they have to uh, insert themselves in the middle of uh, family arguments and uh, that should be handled by the Department of Social Services. Well, if that's the case... Uh, it'll take them a month of Sundays to even get there, and I can't see them doing any kind of intervention. In this particular case, uh, we now find out, uh, reports have come out, that this uh, cop killer uh, was all of a sudden spewing conspiracies to his mother. He was uh, claiming all kinds of no- nonsense. He blamed his mom for being blind in his one eye, argued with her over wild anti-government conspiracy theories, some of which are shared by some of our callers here at WABC. And, I mean, he was, like, in deep thinking he's God and no one could tell him what to do. That's exactly, remember, what the guy who pushed the Asian woman into the tracks last week in front of the archway, remember, when he was doing his perp walk, he was saying, I'm God, I'm God. And then he said, she tried to steal my coat. Uh, let's face it, this guy, LaShawn McNeil, this cop killer, has all the furniture upstairs and obviously rearranged in the wrong rooms. And apparently uh, he had all kinds of posting because you always go to the social networking of an individual. And he had posting on his social media that featured anti-cop and conspiracy theory posts, including a video called Hands Up from 2014, where two men are shown pointing guns at a police officer. He claimed it was a uh, a tribute to Eric Garner. And in December 2017, he put a post uh, on his uh, Facebook page showing a video of an unidentified man arguing with a child protective services worker. As two cops look on, it's called Man Destroys Cops and Child Protective Service Agent. Wow. That was almost like uh, prognosticating what would happen in the future. And so remember, the mother called the police because he was wigging out. Uh, He had come back from Maryland at his mother's urging to help her care for his younger brother who is disabled. She told him, don't bring any of your toolies, your guns. He did. Uh, Stolen uh, weapon, uh, 2017, that was MIA in Baltimore. And obviously a weapon uh, that can do a hell of a lot of damage. I mean, it had a 40-shot capacity, that Glock 45, high-capacity and had those additional rounds. We'll continue to take your calls. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. The Who classic, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. And I got to tell you, Eric Adams, in his first three weeks, there's been more crime being committed in New York City than there was at any time of the eight years of the de Blasio administration. Think of that. 
And remember, he's got that uh, mask on that says, we get stuff done. You know, first hundred days, we're going to get stuff done. Well, you better implement what you were talking about all through your campaign, restoring the anti-crime unit as it existed undercover, not wearing strange uniforms and being readily identifiable because that's not anti-crime. Again, to recap, 600 men and women were part of the anti-crime team. They were the best at getting guns off the street, the best at doing gang intervention. So for 600 cops, they had made 492 arrests before they were disbanded. 50% of the gun arrests, a total of 870 gun arrests by the NYPD. 600 in a department of 35,000 that were responsible for 50% of the gun collars. And what did de Blasio and city council do? Got rid of it, along with that puppy dog, that lap dog for the mayor at that time, de Blasio, Dermot Shea. Thank God he's gone. Thank God he's gone. He agreed uh, in defunding a billion dollars from the police budget. And now Eric Adams is saying we might have to cut him by 3%. What about putting back the billion dollars, huh? God. And they wonder why crime is going up. And they wonder why cops are being shot, huh? One dead, four others shot. Let's go back to January. January 1st, the ball had dropped the night before. So cops were doing double duty, right, because about 20% at that point couldn't even report for duty because they had tested positive COVID-19. And so you had one police officer who went back to his main precinct, to 25th Precinct, uh, went into the parking lot of his private car, sat in the driver's seat, caught a few Zs, and then got shot in the back of the head. Remember? And it was good to see the mayor and Pat Lynch responding together at the hospital eventually when he was released from Columbia Presbyterian. Have they made any arrests? No. You would have thought day one, cracking down. Every mutt, every scale is going to be tossed in this area because you better believe somebody who is up to no good hanging out in the streets committing crimes probably knows how that bullet Ended up going into the back of the head of that cop who was just trying to get a few hours of sleep before he had to begin his next shift. Nothing. Days later, a call about an emotionally disturbed person at the last stop in the number six train, the Pelham Parkway station. Cops, they leave their marked unit downstairs. They go upstairs. When they come back down, somebody has thrown a Molotov cocktail in their car, torched it. Did you see anything about that on the news? Barely. Have there been any arrests, mate? No. Because the cops didn't go out and toss that neighborhood because you know somebody knew who did it. Somebody had seen something. Loose lips sink ships. And you see, if criminals know that they can do these kind of things and get away from it, uh, get away with it, more attacks on the police, it's going gonna, it's gonna to trigger off more attacks on the police. Right? That's basic common sense. Well, now this will become a weekly feature since on the weekends I'm on for about 22, 22 hours, starting at uh, Friday night, going into uh, Sunday morning when I finish it off uh, from 12 to 1 with the most requested of all the hours of shows that I do. It's the Animal Welfare Hour featuring yours truly and my wife, Nancy. We deal with all kinds of animal-related issues. That's 12 to 1. And then I pass off the 50,000-powerful watts of sound to that mongolooch. Uh, that Mama Luke, Frank Morano, who then begins his five days of the other side of midnight from one to five. Meantime, I do the other side of midnight all weekend long, in addition to all other shifts. 
because WABC, the acronym always means always broadcasting Curtis. So whether you like uh, how I broadcast or not, I stick it right to you. I can't tell you how many times I hear these talking heads on television here at WABC, other talk radio outlets talking about how New York City is the greatest city in the world. More than one. We are in New York City, greatest city in the world. In the greatest city in the world, in the heart of the greatest city of the world, New York City. I am absolutely prejudiced when it comes to the greatest city of the world. My heart and soul is in New York. Stuff it. it. Get out of here. What city are you in, Bo Snurdly? Oh, that's right. You're not here in New York City. You're broadcasting from Florida. Come on, Bo. You're a kid from Southeast Queens. This is not the greatest city in the world any longer. Just listen to Sid Rosenberg the other day. Now he went a little bit over the top. But this is what he had to say on the morning show. We've got more problems here than any major city in the world. We've gone from the best city in the world to basically, basically Cleveland at its worst time. Detroit at its worst time. Oh, I I have guardian angels in Cleveland and Detroit. Uh, Let's not get too crazy, Sid. We're no longer the greatest city in the world, but we ain't Cleveland and we ain't Detroit. Now, meantime, Greg Kelly, you got to listen to his show every Monday through Friday, 1 to 3. He also does a stream of consciousness. And here's a guy I've met many times on the subways. He claims he doesn't take the subways any longer. New York was a great city. I, it's, it's, uh, okay, technically, it, it's still New York. It's great. But, but, one of the things that made this city different from all the others... The subway system, because rich people and poor people, everybody rode the subway. Not anymore. If you can afford it, you ain't going down there. I can afford it. I ain't going down there. I'm not. I haven't been on the subway in weeks. Uh, why not? Am I scared? Yeah. It's a confined area. There's very there's nowhere to run when you're on a subway car. When some homeless guy gets in your face and uh, uh, lists how uh, it's always usually a lot of gibberish, but, uh, you know, it it usually involves you giving them money. And it's very, very um, troubling. And I'm not going to go down there for the time being. Spot on. Greg Kelly, who I had uh, seen at least three times on the E-train. In my various visits to the subways, I'm in it each and every day. I'm I'm down in the armpit of the cesspool of crime, the subway system of New York City. But Greg Kelly, right? Big guy. Military. Can handle himself. Used to ride the subways all the time. Even though with his stature, you'd think, oh, you know, Uber, limo. No, no, no. He'd be a subway guy. No more. And then he talked about the Long Island Railroad and how few people are using it any longer to come into the city. A lot of people aren't taking the Long Island Railroad, I see, because they can work at home. Did you see this in the paper? Uh, they used to sell something like $300 million worth of monthly tickets a year. Monthly LIR, Metro North, $300 million, down to $49 million because of uh, COVID and whatever, and people are working from home. And, well, okay, but what about, okay, that's good for them. What about everybody else? Yep, yep. Greg Kelly, spot on. Uh, and think of all the women, more so than men, because they get perved on. I mean, there's a, a legion of pervs out there who are constantly preying on women. It's something that most guys don't have to worry about. 
They don't even see it. They're oblivious to it. But that, women, they no longer feel comfortable in the subways. They'll take Uber. They'll take Lyft. Or they won't come at all. And nightlife? How can nightlife continue without women? You think guys are just going to show up to a club and pay outrageous amounts of money with no girls being there? What are you, out of your mind? That's the death of nightlife. And yet, we keep talking about, oh, this is what we're going to do. The mayor says he likes to sample nightlife. Look, it all starts with public safety, and it should have started on day one. It shouldn't have been shoulda, coulda, woulda. He should have had the plan in effect, should have had anti-crime already operating, should have flooded the system, the subway system with cops. They're invisible, and they're not patrolling on the moving cars. They're not going from the rear car to the front car and then back to the rear car again. Come on. This, This is simple police work going back to the basics. You don't have to retool, reform the police. Just let them do their freaking job. And what happened to the stop and frisk you said you would implement on certain occasions, Eric Adams, it ain't happening. What are you waiting for? He talks about all the illegal guns coming into uh, the city. Yeah, there are illegal guns coming into the city, and he wants to partner up with the state police and the FBI. That's not going to stop the illegal guns from coming in. Some of them, yes, not all of them. And by the way, what do you do about the two million illegal guns that are already here in the five boroughs of the city of New York? Most of them owned by law-abiding people who have them on not their person but their premises. So where they live or where they work, it's their guardian angel because, let's face it, They don't think the elected officials can provide public safety, and they know the cops are going to be a dollar short and a day late in responding to their needs. Let's go to Ron in Elizabeth. Your turn to be heard here. So Hawk is talking here at WABC, Ron. Hey, Curtis. I'm not actually for defunding the police, but they should disendow the ones that don't fit the job. For example, you say you see them in clusters. Those three that walk in clusters, one should be on the platform, one should get on the train, Go uptown. The other one should get on the downtown train, which can handle three incidents instead of three handling one. Each one individually can handle three different incidents if it, if it occurs. They just don't fit the job. And it has nothing to do with the numbers. It's not about the quantity of the cops you have. It's about the quality of the individual. Because I worked in the police department in one of the unsafest cities in America, and I know that one cop can do the job for a 100 Depends on the individual. Well, not only that, they have to have the right uh, supervision, what we call the white shirts with their white shirt immunity. They got to get their asses out there from behind the desk and they got to supervise, particularly the younger uh, police officers who I've seen at times uh, don't know the way of what good policing in the subways is supposed to consist of. So they can't they can't keep complaining about it. They got to go out and do the job. But the mayor has to lead. He's not. Remember, he went out on the subway his first day in office. That was a good thing to do. He spotted three Latinos rumbling down on the street in Brooklyn on Kosciuszko Street outside of the Mickey D's. He didn't go down there because he had his Ferragamos on and his tailored suit. God, it's thousands of bucks right there. He wasn't going to get damaged that. Uh, So he called it in at 911, took the J train to City Hall. That's about six stops. Meantime, he was in one car, one car only. He saw a homeless guy stretched out on the seat, another emotionally disturbed person who was acting out, and another person who was still drunk from celebrating the dropping of the ball New Year's Eve the night before. And that should have been, that should have been the signal to him. 
Then he had to crack down by all means necessary on the crime and the emotionally disturbed and the homeless who were using the moving subway cars and the J train and the E train and the other subway lines as a moving hotel. He's done nothing except attend vigils and have press conference talking about what he's going to do, maybe could have be, should have already been done. Three weeks into his administration is more crime now than there had been at any time of the Bill de Blasio administration. And this is a, supposedly the law and order guy. Let's go, to Manny. Let's go to Manny, who's calling from New York. Uh, the Hawk is talking out there. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Manny. Hey, Curtis. Uh, first of all, I just want you to know that I'm from uh, uh, the neighborhood that your grandfather grew up in. I'm Italian. I'm Barres. So anytime you speak that language, I understand exactly what you say. Thank you. Thank I have you. a lot of respect for you, Curtis. I've been following you for the longest time. But I just want to say one thing. Last night I went to sleep. I was very upset. I almost cried myself to bed. I lived in New York City for the longest time. I've owned a business in Pelham Bay, Middletown Road. Somebody pointed a gun to my face. And yet, back in those days, before the Giuliani area, they were arrested. And guess what? The cops came to me and said, Manny, they skipped town. They're on bail. We're never going to see them again. We, this New York City, before Giuliani, took over and took care of the business. He straightened out. He brought business back. I've been on 42nd Street. Uh, in those hotels when Giuliani and after the Giuliani Bloomberg was there, you could walk the street at 2 o'clock on 42nd Street, and you felt like you were in, in uh, Hollywood, uh, Florida. Curtis, we got a big problem. I just want to say one thing. Elections have consequences. Curtis, you're a smart man. You're on the air. You reach out many millions of people like myself. I always listen to you. But I know exactly what you're talking about. What we need to do is in, it, tell the voters in New York City that they're wrong. They're being wrong. Okay? If they keep on voting the way they voted, for the governor, for the senators, for the assembly, okay? I follow the reform law. That one uh, legislator from, the, from Queens did that reform law in Albany for personal reasons. Thousands of people die every day. Kids. It's wrong. The, the attacking the caps. If we do not have law and order, there's, there's no doubt, Manny. If in fact we don't wake up, uh, everybody's going to be heading down to Hollywood, Florida, to the Hard Rock. There, <laughs> people are leaving New York City. Can I hear? Let me hear that again, Bo Snurdly and that other guy. You know, talking about how great New York City is. Let me hear that that nonsense, that propaganda. We are in New York City, greatest city in the world. In the greatest city in the world, in the heart of the greatest city Uh. in the world, New York City. I am absolutely prejudiced when it comes to the greatest city of the world. My heart and soul is in New York. Yeah, well, a lot of New Yorkers are not. They're casting their vote by moving. Moving. How could you? What is it? A knee-jerk reaction, it's like a tick, because you've been saying it for years. Oh, New York City, the greatest city in the world. Just keep saying it. Delude yourself. Nothing's going to be done to get us back where we need to be if you just keep saying it like that. Anyway, let's go to Frank in Staten Island, where the hawk is talking. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Frank. Hi, Curtis. 
Okay, the other day I was like listening to uh, Alvin Bragg talking about some of his things, and he talks about how in the past he says he knows what it's like to have a gun pointed at his head or like a criminal point a, point a weapon at him or something like that. Well, if that's the case, why is he sympathizing with that criminal? Why is he sympathizing with the man pointing the gun at his head? If that was me, I would be against that person. I want, I would hate that criminal. I want that criminal in jail. I'm not going to – is it like Stockholm Syndrome or something like that? How can he sympathize with somebody who puts a gun to his, his head? That is ridiculous. Mr. Bragg is a walking walrus. He needs two tusks. He looks like a walrus. If you had won the election, maybe you could get him out of office. Maybe the governor can get him out of office. Remove him. Get rid of this walrus. Well, you know, Frank, uh, it's interesting, uh, whereas all the cop haters showed up at that press conference last night at Harlem Hospital, pretending that they were really sympathetic to the plight of the police officer killed in the line of duty and the one who is barely holding on to life. Jumani Williams, the Lieutenant Governor Richardson... uh, but no Alvin Bragg. And yet, what is it Alvin Bragg, the DA, tells us his narrative? Oh, I grew up in Harlem. I live in Harlem. Hey, it's just a few blocks away, 145th Street in Harlem Hospital. You didn't have time to come over there? You didn't have time to see what was going on in the county that you're the district attorney, the top uh, prosecutor in Manhattan in? And maybe you didn't want to have to answer a question how you've already gone on record as saying, even in the most egregious murder cases, you will only seek 20 years as the max, which means in state prison, you get 20, you're cut loose in 16. So even in this uh, killing of a police officer, the question has to be asked, what would you do? What would you do? And naturally, he's in retreat. He doesn't want to be around there and ask those kind of questions. And, you know, it is quite, kind of ironic. Within one week, you had the um, guy who pushed the Asian woman in front of the tracks. Remember, it was 10 o'clock in the morning a Saturday ago uh, when he was uh, arrested and he went on his perp walk. Remember how he was screaming, he's God, he's God, he's God? Well, apparently, an information that we received on this cop killer, McNeil, age 47, who was summoned from Maryland where he was living at that time with a satchel of guns. His mother said, I need help with your younger brother who's disabled. I need you to come up to 135th Street and help me out, but leave your guns at home. Apparently, he was into all kinds of conspiracies, a real loony kazuni from parts unknown, and declaring that he was God too. So imagine we've had two guys in one week declaring themselves to be God. Think there are some mental health issues out there that need to be addressed, huh? Instead of all these freaking press conferences that these politicians have in which they say nothing, they do nothing. Put the street crime unit, anti-crime, back into effect. It can be done tomorrow. Do the stop and frisk that you, Eric Adams, said that you were in favor of in limited circumstances. It's not happening anywhere. Those are two things you could do immediately. And yet you choose rather to go to vigil after vigil to those who are victims of crime and to have press conference after press conference when cops have been shot in the line of duty. He's the vigil and the press conference mayor. But in terms of actually doing anything about it, Let's face it, first three weeks, Eric Adams, is worse in terms of our crime, in terms of the stats, 
than any three weeks, believe it or not, in the eight years of Bill de Blasio, who single-handedly took a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to the city that we love. 1-800-848-9222. Oh, it seems that our disgruntificator is uh, not aligned uh, properly with our tower in Lodi, the 50,000 powerful watch of sound. Can somebody reach out to uh, Dan, our top engineer? He's probably at Bada Bing getting a lap dance and a Brumsky as we speak, the strip club. Uh, what is that? Satin Dolls. Uh, that's right next to the uh, tower in Lodi. And then our spectrometer, which uh, processes our FM sister station out in the Hamptons. Uh, that apparently is converging with our AM signal, which is discombobulated and causing us not to be able to take your calls. So don't take umbrage to it. I know that many of you were there waiting and then all of a sudden, it was probably maybe my pigeons who follow me, the thousand pigeons who follow me from the Upper West Side where I live with the 16 uh, rescue cats in a 328-square-foot apartment, a studio apartment with my wife, the animal welfare and animal rescuer, Nancy, there. But it may well be the pigeons who are all over here. They're on the outside of the studio. They're up uh, on the roof in a pigeon coop, and they may have affected the discronificator. We'll get down to it, trying to reconnect with all of you. Don't go anywhere. 77 a.m. WABC, your place to be in on the weekends. Always broadcasting, Curtis. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. I don't get this, Mayor. Eric Adams, where he should be at one police plaza today, hunkered down with all the chiefs in the department in the war room saying how we need to get anti-crime out on the streets tomorrow. Since these men and women are already in the department, they've just been sent into different other capacities uh, with their shield and with their gun. They could be reassembled, 600 of them. Some of them are out on early retirement. Some of them are out on retirement. So let's assume there are about 500 or 450. These are men and women dedicated. They know how to go undercover. They know how to bleed into the surrounding scenery. They come out of yellow cabs, livery cabs, gypsy cabs. They come out of FedEx trucks. Uh, they got always a preemptively ahead of the gun runners and the gangbangers. And they were effective in getting 50% of the guns off the streets of New York. Only 600 out of a department of 35,000. And they were getting a total of, wow, that's incredible, 50% of the guns off the street. Think about those stats. Think about those analytics. A total of 870 gun arrests made by the NYPD before the anti-crime unit was disbanded. 50% of those gun arrests, 492, made by only 600 police officers. And you disband that unit, and then you wonder why crime is skyrocketing? You wonder why gangs are having revenge and retaliatory shootings and killings? And then how did that uh, no-cash-bail situation work out? Isn't it so interesting? When I was running for mayor, people said, you don't have the experience. You haven't been in politics. You haven't been in elective government. Thank God. Look at what they brought you. No-cash-bail. Look at what they brought you. 
<laughs> defund the police, defunding prisons. And then we have a mayor today who, instead of sitting down with the chiefs of the department at one police plaza in the war room, implementing a policy, is at a roundtable discussion in the Bronx about violence. What the hell is that going to do? It's all PR, ladies and gentlemen. It's all schmaltz. Come on, you should have realized that. What do you have, voters' remorse yet? Three weeks in, five cops shot, one of whom unfortunately died, another who is clinging to life. All kinds of crimes taking place all throughout the five boroughs of the city of New York. I'm going to go through a litany of them, those that have gotten most of the attention. All kinds of crimes are up and skyrocketing, and yet this was the law and order guy who says, hey, we get busy, we get stuff done. All he gets done are press conferences, vigils, and having roundtable discussions about violence in the community, which does nothing. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. If you can, be kind enough to test out the technology. Our calling apparatus has gone kaput. Like I told you, the disquantificator from our 50,000 powerful watts of sound, our tower in Lodi, which makes us the most powerful news talk station in the nation, AM, that stands for active-minded, is on the fritz. Well, we're not quite sure. It may have been the pigeons who have flocked uh, and follow me from uh, the Upper West Side where I live to hear the East Side where we broadcast. They do this on a regular basis. I, I don't know if they're interfering with the, uh, with the signal. Everybody wants to blame my pigeons for every problem in the world, pooping all over the place. They're rats with wings. People curse me out. Tough nuggies. I'm friends of the pigeons, and I'll stay loyal to the pigeons. And then naturally converging into that is our... Uh, our spectrometer, and the FM signal from our sister station, WLIR, in the Hamptons. So keep trying to call. Help us in repairing. Imagine you're a uh, uh, Fios repair person, you know, with fiber technology. Imagine you're a spectrum guy or a gal trying to repair our broadcast capability. Imagine you're an AT&T guy or gal, and you're up there on the high wire and the telephone pole trying to repair our communicational system. Do your best. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But there is one positive note in the city of New York, which empty. Empty. 75% of the office buildings are empty. There's nobody coming here whatsoever. As much as our officials and our business leaders try to bamboozle you, it ain't happening. And it certainly ain't going to happen if the crime continues to increase el rapido. But there is a place where the tourists are going. A lot of our Asian tourists and Chinese uh, tourists... They go down to the New York Stock Exchange, and it ain't about the money, 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 cash, money rules the world, Wu-Tang Clang, 36 chambers of death and destruction. No, 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 no. They love to go to the Charging Bull statue on Wall Street, and it is considered one of the 10 luckiest destinations in the world. And what they do is, believe it or not, and I've actually witnessed this myself, it's across the street from the inept, uh, non-functional, corrupt Board of Elections, is they start rubbing and kissing the giant testicles on the charging bull statue. So much show, so that the brass bullocks, that's what it is, a three-piece set, the bullocks have been worn to a golden sheen. It's as if they're using Noxon. And that's because they keep rubbing it. 
so that they will be provided wealth and fortune. So we know at least there's uh, a reason that people are coming to New York City. Uh, I'd advocate giving them bulletproof body condoms because not only are we experiencing drive-by shootings for the very first time, but we're also having carjackings. When the hell have we ever had carjackings? We've had them in midtown Manhattan. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. Apparently, they have been uh, repaired in proper order. Let me give credit where credit is due. Dan, our crack engineer, while in the midst of getting a Brumsky and a lap dance at uh, Bada Bing, climbed the tower, knocked some of the icicles off the receivers at the top, and we are now reconnected with all of you. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mary in New York. The Hawk is talking out there. Your turn to be heard at WABC, Mayor. Hi Curtis, how are you? Thanks for my thanks for taking my call. Just, oh, hold on a second, Mary. Oh, I gotta I gotta set up a re-educational camp. It's not like what the Red Chinese do with the Uyghurs. We're not talking concentration camp. We're talking re-education camp. Please, so many of you will call up, and it's like a knee-jerk reaction. How you doing? I'm gonna tell you how I'm doing. I've had better days. Well, thanks for taking my call. What, what, what do you think I'm giving out numbers here? I'm soliciting you, and I, I should be thanking you? No, no, no. Don't you thank me. I should be thanking you enormously. And don't ever use the term, the hackney term. Hey, first I call a long-time listener. You're a cow-cow down. Anyway, let's go back to Mary. So do you kabish, Mary? You kabish the rules? I kabish. All right, good, good. Go ahead, Mary. I just want to reiterate what the current mayor needs to do is stop all the rhetoric, get with our men and women in blue, and solve this problem. Crime, the bail, and all of that, we need to get back to the real problem here, and that's law and order. You do the crime, you pay the time. Thank you. You know, I I can't understand on a day like today in which he should be in the war room at one police plaza with all the white shirts implementing the anti-crime unit now, not tomorrow, not the next week, not the next month, implementing stop and frisk on a limited basis in the neighborhoods that are suffering from the most gun violence now, not tomorrow, not the next day, not a week from now, a month from now. He's speaking at a round table with leaders in the Bronx. Politicians who do nothing. It's all a photo op. It is Ferragamo's. Although apparently today he's not wearing his customized suits. I'd like to know who his suit maker is. Is that the same guy uh, who made the suits for Pablo Escobar, the head of the Medellin cartel? You know, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, that's right, Frank Caron. He buys him the Ferragamo suits, uh, Ferragamo shoes. He buys him the suits. The guy never had this kind of a haberdashery collection before when he was Brooklyn Borough President. It was simply a vinyl jacket that said Eric Adams, Brooklyn Borough President. Now, it's all of a sudden he's GQ'd out. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Now, apparently, there's something in the words to Louie Louie by the Kingsman that is a little tortured. We may be talking about that tonight when I return from 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. And, yes, the Hawk will be talking. Let's go to the phones. It's uh, Eugene calling from Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Eugene. Hey, 
Hey, Curtis, you don't have to thank me for taking your call. It's all right. I'm just kind of here for a driver with my son, so don't <laughs> need to But just to let you know, one of the reasons why I stopped going to Manhattan is because the calls are too damn expensive. 20 bucks to go into Manhattan? What, are you kidding me? Yeah, you get clipped, uh, George Washington Bridge, uh, Hudson and Lincoln Tunnel coming in from Jersey. Or if you're going in through Staten Island, you got the Gothels Bridge, Bayonne Bridge, Outer Bridge Crossing, the Verrazano Bridge, the plank attack, uh, attaching Staten Island to Brooklyn. You're getting screwed every which way, Eugene. You're absolutely correct. You need to take a reverse mortgage out just to pay the tolls. Yeah, and Curtis, now, this, I remember back in the day, you used to be able to go to Times Square and see a movie for 10 cents. Wow, what are you, back when uh, Thomas Edison made the first flicks, huh? 1970, 42nd Street. <laughs> there are a whole bunch of places where you could see no, a movie for no, 10 no, cents. Now, Eugene, was that the peep shows, Eugene, the buddy booths? Yeah. Oh, so you were in the buddy booths, huh? Okay, so you popped a dime in, and a girly girly or somebody they look like a girly girly would be pleasurizing herself while you watched. Wasn't it one thousand days? Oh, ten cents. Ten cents, Nirvana. By the way, and if uh, that ain't bad enough, they, you get clipped uh, on all the tolls. Triborough Bridge, you know, going from Manhattan out to Queens or the Bronx. We can be going on and on. Congestion pricing. All of the one congestion pricing. So that if you come in south of 60th Street in Manhattan, they clip you even more. And then they wonder why this city is no longer the greatest city in the world and it's so empty. Let's go to Glenn in Staten Island where the hawk is talking. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Glenn. Yeah, Curtis. Listen, uh, he's been in office, what, maybe not even a month. Uh, and what's he worried about? How he's going to get paid? <laughs> Cryptocurrency. Oh, you can hide money in there. And uh, the mayor, De Blasio, left a billionaire. I wonder what he's going to leave with with his cryptocurrency. Glenn, it's incredible with all the problems that we've had in the first three uh, weeks. Uh, more crime than existed in any three weeks of the lame eight years of Bill De Blasio. Uh, he's all, t- all he talks about is, I'm getting paid in cryptocurrency. I'm getting paid in cryptocurrency. I'm getting paid in cryptocurrency. This is going to be the cryptocurrency epicenter of the world. No, it's not. It's already out in Puerto Rican where they've given them all kinds of tax breaks and incentives to house themselves in PR and not here. Well, what does it tell you about where his heart is? It's not in the city. Well, I, I, I'd like to know who's whining, diming, and pocket lining him. Let's go to Pete in Strong Island, where the hawk is talking. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pete. Hey, Curtis, how are you? Long-time listener. Curtis, I wish I was saying uh, hello, Mr. Mayor, but, you know, we got to live what we got to live with. Hold on a second, Pete. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe it's because it's so cold, it's below freezing out there, that your people have become dense. Your medulla and cerebellums have frozen up. I gotta, I gotta bring you all into a re-education talk radio call, a re-education camp up in either the Irish Alps or the Jewish Himalayas, the Catskills. We'll take over the old Concord, Grossinger's or Browns, and I have to just let you know, Pete, you don't ask me how I'm doing because my knee-jerk reaction is going to be I've had better days. Kabish, Kabish, Pete. I Kabish. You talk about extra cops. It's not the extra cops. The extra crime is because Bragg is a DA that's not going to do anything. 
they got open doors. The cops were arresting the same people two and three times a day. You could have 100,000 more cops if they're all in the streets and Rikers is empty. What's going to change? Not only that, uh, Pete, but that's not just Bragg. Bragg is the most open about it. If you go into any other DA's office in the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island, they have a list up that says, do not prosecute. These are the charges we no longer prosecute. But they keep it in-house. All Bragg did was show us exactly what's going on in his department. But trust me, there are no other DAs out there who are law and order, Pete. None of them. They're all turning them loose. But that's the problem. These poor cops, these guys are killing themselves, and they're getting killed, literally. And they're working hard. And, and for what? Okay, the guys are out the next day, if not out earlier. Guys, cops are filling out paperwork in the morning for the arrest in the morning, and the guy's out before they're done with the paperwork. No doubt. And you would think that Eric Adams, who had been a cop for 22 years, would be sensitive to that. But no, today... He's uh, addressing elected leaders, elected leaders, these fake, phony, fraudulent fagazis in a roundtable discussion about violence in the Bronx. What the hell are you doing? It's a photo op. You're not going to do anything. You need to be in one police plaza sitting down with all the white shirts, throwing the gauntlet down, saying, hey, you get out of your commands anyone who served in anti-crime. I want them out in the streets as of Monday. You got 48 hours to get them. Uh, to get him recertified and back out into the streets as part of anti-crime, undercover. Not with any uh, knockoff kind of a uniform, because that's the idea. They're going to put him back out there. But with some facsimile uniform, they're supposed to be without uniform to blend in. There were 600 cops, I'm telling you, who were doing an outstanding job. They were getting 50% of the illegal guns off the streets of New York. Uh, there were only 600 out of a police department of 35,000. There had been 870 gun arrests when the uh, police were uh, defunded to the tune of a billion dollars by de Blasio, by Dermot Shea, his laptop. What a disgraziato who had been a police commissioner. He should have impaled himself when he did that. And the city council, who hates all cops and loves to hug all thugs. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Craig, who's calling from Connecticut, where the hawk is talking. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Craig. Curtis, the hawk is hawking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, I've never heard such nonsense in my life. One station says that cop killer, that forty-three-year-old mama's boy, was dead. Then you get the next station to say he's in critical condition. What is the story? Is he dead or not? Well, it, it's worse than that. In their rush, in their desire to be the first that airs the news, uh, at a certain point at about 9 o'clock uh, last night, I was on Newsmax, and I was under the impression, like all of you, that two cops were killed and that the mutt and scale responsible for this law, Sean McNeil, was killed, right? At a certain point, we thought... Uh, there were three deaths, two unnecessary deaths, one death that we were praying for so we wouldn't have to spend $500,000 a year housing them at Rikers in between court appearances with three hots, a cot, free optical, free dental, free trips to the law library, and obviously access to legal aid to find a nuance in the law to spring him loose. And now it turns out 
that it's one police officer, unfortunately, who died in the line of duty, who was in that apartment, who was shot uh, by this, uh, I like the way they say the accused, get out of here, it's the killer, a shot, dead, unfortunately, the 22-year-old police officer, and his partner, the 27-year-old police officer, uh, he's clinging to life. And the third part of their group, a rookie police officer, he's the one who shot uh, the thug right in the head and the arm that has caused him to be uh, hospitalized. Anyway, let's go to the phones, one 800 Let's go to Ike, who's calling from Brooklyn, where the hawk is talking. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ike. What's going on, Hawk, man? Listen, these people are brainwashed, bro, like with the voting and everything. It's sad, man. You know, like they want to hide the fact on who are the ones doing these crimes. It has to come down to, you know, hiding the ethnicity of, of what's going on. And, and, it's, and it's pathetic. It's pathetic. We have another Latino that died, man. You know, a police officer. The last time was a, a girl in Burger King, 19 years old. An Asian woman gets pushed on the train. It's pathetic. It's pathetic, and it's, it's nauseating, man. You know, I, one of my biggest dreams was to be a police officer. Unfortunately, I had, a, I had a motorcycle accident, and I had to learn to walk again. I'm good now. Now, if they give me the chance, I, w- I would love in this day and age to fight for the city, man. Mm. Because it's disgusting what's going on. They need officers like the officers I grew up with were Officer Morales, bro, from the 83rd. That that dude was a cop, bro. That dude that dude had balls of oh, forget it, bro. It's you know it's crazy what's going on. That was right too, in uh, Bushwick, Nickabaka Park, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of his team members, you know, a lot of those guys, they did good work, you know. Oh no, no, no! I know uh, you go all through that area, Star Street. Oh man, the memories are pouring back now. Used to be thug life in the '80s, slinging crack. Have to fight our way, the Guardian Angels, through Nickabaka Park. Ooh, man, that rough stuff. 83rd Precinct, Bushwick. Now, what do you got? Hipsters and millennials—they've all come from uh, Iowa, where there are more pigs than people. Idaho, where there are more potatoes than people. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Right now, instead of styling and profiling all these elected officials who've defunded the police, who uh, have no cash bail that has led uh, to all this uh, violent crime and attacks on police, knock off the press conferences, knock off the vigils, and let the police do their work, get that anti-crime force right back in the streets. That can be done overnight and get the stop and frisk reimposed in a limited manner in areas that are having a horrific rise in violent crime. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's Walker calling from Paramus, where the hawk is talking. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Walker. Curtis, good afternoon. One of the things I notice with the police, all the police, New York, New Jersey, they're always on that phone, always on that iPhone. How many hours do they waste? You got 30,000 cops in New York. It'd be like hiring a couple hundred thousand of them. 
<laughs> You're right. They're, they're on their iPhone smartphones, and we know they're not talking to Central Command, right? Uh, they're sexting. They're texting. They're totally consumed by those stupid phones. And I think they just have to go back to the old-fashioned radios and say, tough noogies, when you're on duty, no cell phone capacity, no iPhones, no smartphones, no Motorola Boost phones that you use every month and then you toss because you don't want uh, anybody to follow. You know, it's all encrypted. Uh, You're absolutely right. It, It distracts them. It keeps them from focusing on their job. And let's face it, they're not communicating with their squad commanders or their central command. They get hurt. I mean, they get shot in the head, you know, they're on the phone. Nah, well, that's not necessarily the reason that's happening. Let's face it. Uh, unfortunately, the young uh, police officer, 22-year-old police officer, was shot and killed last night, Jason Rivera. Uh, they were proactive. They were moving in on a domestic dispute. They had no idea that it would end up erupting as it did. The mother, who uh, has worked for the correctional department, explained that her uh, son was having an episode. She had summoned him back from Maryland, told him, don't bring your guns. I need your help because your younger uh, brother disabled is having all kinds of problems uh, adjusting. And instead, LaShawn, he was flipping out, uh, talking about all of his anti-government conspiracy theories. He was calling himself God. Now imagine, we've had two killers in just one week who referred to themselves as God. Remember the guy who pushed the Asian woman in front of the tracks just a Saturday ago? In the perp walk, he called himself God. And now we have LaShawn McNeil, we see on his social networking sites, he's referring to himself as God. Uh, You think there are some serious mental health issues here? Hey, Thrive! Whatever happened to the one and a quarter billion dollars that was supposed to be used to deal with the emotionally disturbed persons in our city? Hey, de Blasio and Charlene, show us the money. In the Cayman Islands? Is it in Switzerland? Uh, Is it in Panama? Because it certainly didn't get spent for the people who are lost souls and in need. And there needs to be an accounting for that. So, hey, de Blasio and Charlene, you're lucky I'm not mayor. Or you'd end up in Punk City Protective Custody in Rikers Island waiting for a trial and indicted. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.